Woo. Thank you, praise team. Choir, thank you so much for leading us into the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. We're in the presence of the Almighty God. We're not just in a metal building tonight. We're in the presence of God. Amen, amen, amen. Don't know whether to preach or just have a Holy Ghost shout out. I think God would be pleased with either one. Amen. But there's a word tonight. Amen. And media people, I'm sorry, but it's not anything I gave you. But that's all right. I'm glad God knows what he's doing because sometimes we get up here and we don't know what we're doing. But if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. If it's all right, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the Easter message tonight. Amen. I know it's coming right up two Sundays from now. Matthew 28, we'll begin reading at verse 1. It says, In the end of the Sabbath, it is began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus. I know who you're looking for tonight. I know who you came here to see, the one which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Luke 24 and 3, the Bible says, And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Say, they found not. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject. Empty never looked so good. Empty never looked so good. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Lord, we love you so much. God, I am thankful, Lord, for your presence that is in this place. God, I am thankful for all that you have done. I'm thankful, Lord, for what you are going to continue to do. God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay to deliver your word tonight. God, that every heart and soul would be open. God, and that we would respond tonight to your spirit. In the wonderful name, be seated tonight. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. We go through life and we look for substance. 
We look for growth. We look for something that has something to offer. People settle down and put roots down in places where they feel their family cannot just survive, but their family can thrive. People move for their jobs. People walk from city to city until they find a place that they can settle. Pilgrims and explorers traveled looking for a place to find refuge, seeking to find a place where they could grow a community and start a country or a city or whatever. They they endeavored to create something that would have life and meaning. Immigrants from other countries have crossed seas and borders all over the world to seek a better life. But there have been many of people who have settled in places and they realized that nothing happened. They found themselves settling in places where there was no new life. There was no hope. There was no joy. Men have moved for jobs only to find out the oil has already run out. In San Francisco and in California during the gold rush, many moved there hoping to find some gold only to leave upset because they did not find any. People have planted roots in places that was full of promise and potential, but in the end it fell short. People made promises to keep that they were unable to keep. And we call these empty promises. They hurt us. They make us upset. They make us question whether or not we should trust anyone again. They make us question whether or not we should believe the next thing that the preacher says or the next thing that our family member says. And dad promises to quit working so much because he wants to spend time with you. Mom promises to take her kids to the park and does not follow through. The kids promise to help out around the house, but somewhere we fall through on our promise and we call these empty promises. Empty Is devastating. Empty means there is no more in the tank. Empty means there is nothing left to offer. Empty means someone else got the last bit of milk. Before they put the empty carton. Back in the refrigerator. And you had your heart set on drinking that milk with your Oreos. Only to find out that the container of Oreos. Is also empty. That is devastating. There is nothing good about an empty box of Oreos. There is nothing good about the word empty. It means there is nothing there for you. It means there is nothing left to offer. Empty is not good. The word empty literally means nothing is there. Containing nothing. It lacks meaning. It lacks substance. All of these have a negative notation. All of these cause us to go away sad and upset. And all of these leave us questioning, well, why did I even come in the first place? All of these leave us with a bitter taste in our mouth of nothing. When the fishermen pull up their nets from toiling all night and Jesus says, Well, what did you catch? And they look at their nets only to find them empty so that they could die. When the woman went out to prepare a meal for her and her son so that they could die. 
She went to the cruise and found out that this would be her last meal and then the jar would be empty. It was something that caused devastation. It was something that when you look at it, you say, this is not good. This is the end. This is all that there is. And then it's over. Empty means nothing is left. Empty means it is hopeless. Empty means it is game over. I can only imagine the emptiness and the weight they must have carried in the Old Testament. To labor day in and day out to raise an animal and hope. The animal would be good enough to take to sacrifice, to give the spotless lamb, to give away something that belongs to you only to chip away at the great debt that you owe. It was like having a massive amount of credit card debt that you owe with an interest rate that was out of the roof. You would leave knowing you did not pay off your debt, but you simply rolled it over until the next year. You simply toiled all year long raising this animal that you could take and sacrifice and say, well, we're just going to roll our sins over to next year. We're just going to push this ahead to next year. It was an empty feeling inside when they left because nothing had been resolved. They did not leave with their head held high because it was just another push over to the next year, another payment on our huge amount of debt. You would put in effort, time and money only to go and sacrifice something and leave with nothing more than a letter still reminding you of exactly how much you owe. You must have left feeling so empty. Here we are two Sundays away from Easter. We love Easter. We love the bunny, the eggs, the season, the flowers, the clothes, the kids with the hats. It's like Christmas in the spring. It's one of the two services people will actually show up to church for. But much like the Christmas season where people forget the reason for the season. Or maybe they just get the lines blurred a little bit and don't really grasp the full meaning of what it really means. We forget what we are really celebrating. And I find that we too get lost in the true meaning of Easter. It's great to watch our kids pick up eggs and to see the bunny in the mall. We're all going to be honest, the Easter bunny's a little bit creepy. But we love to take our kids' pictures with the Easter bunny. And we love the cute clothes and the hats that they get to wear. But even in all of that, I feel like as the church, we have forgotten the real meaning of Easter. We go through the motions of singing about the cross and the blood and... It doesn't move us like it used to move us. And it doesn't shake us like it used to shake us. And we just truly have forgotten what the cross really means. We have forgotten what the empty tomb really means. I feel like we often stop at the cross. I feel like the last several Easter's going back in my mind... We get so caught up, not just here, but other places. You see their billboards and it's so much about the cross and we love the cross. And hear me tonight, I love the cross and you better love the cross because without the cross, you would not be here tonight. Without the blood of Jesus, we couldn't have sang those songs we sang tonight. But it does not just stop at the cross. Not a single person would be here tonight if it wasn't ended at the cross. Hear me. 
Not a single person would be here tonight if it ended at the cross. But we do sometimes we stop at the cross. And I want to ask you tonight, what if Jesus had just stopped at the cross? What if he cried out the words, it is finished And he meant just that. It was finished. There was nothing more. That was as good as it was going to get. What if Jesus had stopped there at the cross? All I know in Matthew 16, he begins to prepare his disciples for his death. In Matthew 20, he again references his death and resurrection. He tells them in verse 19, they shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And what a shame it would be if we ended it there. But we must keep reading because it does not end at the cross. He said, and the third day he shall rise again. Then again in Matthew 26, he reminds them yet another time. He said, you know in two days it's going to come where I'm going to have to be crucified. He said, speaking of his body in John 2, 19. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. He wasn't talking about the building. He was talking about destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. He told them, he warned them, he prophesied it. It was foretold, it was declared, it was going to happen. But seeing Jesus turn the water into wine was a great big deal. Seeing him feed thousands was an incredible thing to see. Healing the lame was a big deal. Raising a dead man was a big deal. But to raise yourself from the dead, that's just not believable. They are thinking in their minds, it's not about whether I think it can happen or not. The fact is, it cannot happen. The facts are it's not going to happen because once you are dead, you can't speak to it. Once you are dead, you cannot touch it. You will be the one in the tomb this time. But even after all of the talk, even with warning after warning and reminding them time and time again, they went to that tomb where Jesus had been. But the tomb was empty. And they did what all of us in here would have done. They cried and they wept and they were beside themselves. And they were telling everyone they were not expecting empty. They were expecting him to still be there and still be dead. For Mark tells us that Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus and Salome had come with sweet spices so that they could anoint him. On the way there, they are taking their journey to this tomb. And they're talking with one another. And they're saying, well, who are we going to get to roll away the stone? Once we get there, who are we going to find that can move the stone? For it is a great stone. They're talking about a tomb where they believe somebody is there. They're talking about a place that they are expecting to go and find Jesus still inside. You don't talk like that when you were experiencing something where you're anticipating it to be empty. You don't bring spices to anoint nothing. But when they got there, the stone had been rolled away. And the Bible says, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, 
They came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Verse 11, and their words seemed to be them as idle tales, and they believed them not, speaking of the disciples. Peter then arose and ran under the sepulcher, stooping down. He beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And it came to pass that while they were communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. He was right there walking with them. He was sitting there as they were talking about this just cannot be. This can't happen. There's no way that this is the way that I think it is. Never realizing that Jesus is there with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them. What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger? Don't you realize what has happened over the last few days? Don't you realize that Jesus Christ died? He was crucified and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Jesus, don't you realize, boy, if they only knew who they were talking to, if they would have only opened their eyes and heard his voice, it took some convincing. It took some evidence. I just wonder if they would have remembered what he said. If those ladies that were carrying their spices that day and they were bringing something to offer Jesus, they were coming to anoint his body, remembering what he said. Well, let's just go and see. Let's go and look to see if it's really like he said it was going to be. And they began to walk up, remembering the words that Jesus spoke, walking up and seeing the stone rolled away. I wonder what their reaction would have been had they remembered the words that he spoken and they saw that that stone was no longer there they probably would have looked at each other and saying could it be could it be that it's really happening let's go and take another step and go look a little more and when they got there looking in it's empty. It's empty. Did you hear me? It's empty. I've never seen anybody get so excited about empty before. But there had to have been something. If they would have just remembered what he said. Oh, the excitement they could have felt. But they had forgotten in just a few days what he said. After, after reminder. After reminder. After prophecies. 
after declaration time and time again. They went and were not expecting to find the tomb empty. But what joy they could have felt had they remembered the words of Jesus. I imagine they would have thrown the spices down and taken off running, shouting, It's empty, it's empty. No one is there, the angel speaking to them said. He said, I know who you're looking for. I know who you came looking for today, but I've come to tell you he is not here. He's not in there. It's empty. You can go look if you want to, but he's not in there. We hear that and we say, well, that's not very good news. They begin to say, well, who took his body? Who who has done this? What has happened? Somebody has kidnapped the body of Jesus. He's not here That was the first and only time you would want to hear those words. He is not here. Because if you came in here tonight and I got behind this pulpit and I said, well, church, I hate to tell you, but he's not here. We would have probably all got our stuff and walked out the door and left. But that day when he said he is not here, empty never looked so good. When he declared he is not here, empty never meant so much. Because you said, he said, if you destroy this temple, in three days I will rise it up again. In three days I'm going to come out of that tomb and I'm going to fulfill the prophecies. In three days, I know I died three days ago. I know you saw me breathe my last breath and watch other prophecies being fulfilled but I've come to tell you when I walk out of that grave I'm going to make a way for everyone to come to me I'm going to make a way for each and every person to find substance you say well how the grave is empty that's right the grave is empty so there is substance the grave is empty so there is something to offer you the grave is empty so you can receive salvation the grave is empty so you can be here tonight and say Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the empty tomb. Thank God that he rose again on that third day. You don't want to come to a place that you've paid money to. A concert to see somebody and man get up and say sorry ladies and gentlemen. I know you paid $120 for tickets. But the person you were wanting to see tonight is not here. We would get angry. We would be upset and want a refund. We would leave empty. But don't you know when they realized what had really happened. When he did finally reveal himself to them. When he did show his nail scarred hands to the doubters. Don't you know when they realized He was alive. They had a Jesus party like you have never seen. I am thankful for the cross tonight. I'm thankful for the nails. I'm thankful for the blood. And we better never quit singing about those things. But if it ends at the cross, then there is no book of Acts. If the tomb is not empty, then our God really is not who he claims to be. If he is still there, then we are all in big Big trouble. 
In Corinthians, Paul wants to deal with this very issue. He says, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. In fact, he has been raised from the dead. If he hadn't, I understand why you wouldn't rejoice. If he hadn't, I understand why you would come depressed and lonely and bitter and upset and feeling like you're lost. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. In fact, he did walk out of that tomb on that third day. In fact, he did declare that he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He said, I put myself willingly on the cross. He knew all the things that would come about him that night, but he went to a garden and prayed and he fought off his own flesh and he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he laid his own life down on a cross. Greater love, greater love hath no man than a man that would lay down his life for a friend. But he didn't just lay down his life. When he breathed that final breath and he died, he went and fought and got keys to death, hell, and the grave. And he came walking out victorious. He came walking out and say, don't touch me yet. I haven't been glorified, but I'm going to be glorified. And when I do, I want you to go and tarry in an upper room. I want you to go and wait because I'm coming back again. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. Well, how can all of this be? How is that possible? I had a debt that no man can pay. He said I was the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the earth. I laid down my life. Well, that's great and all that's wonderful, God. And I'm thankful for the cross. But I still don't understand how we get to keep going. He said, you get to keep going because that stone was rolled away. And I walked out of that tomb. I walked out of that tomb and was able to declare, I am alive. I am alive. I am alive. You hear me tonight, church? Empty never looks so good. When you walk to that empty tomb today, when you see the place where Jesus used to be, when you see the place that Jesus Jesus came from just for you. All that he went through. All that he had gone through. And you watched him suffer and die. And then you realize he came out victorious. Oh, what a joy. Oh, what a joy.
empty never looked an empty tomb. Empty never looked so good. Thank God the weekend did not end on Friday night. Thank God Sunday came around. And because of that, we get to say the same thing. Thank God the weekend didn't end on Friday night when I made a huge mistake and I messed up. But Sunday is coming and I get to walk into the presence of God because he tore the veil. He made a way for all men to enter. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. When he went to Thomas, he said, I want you to go and tell them the way. Show them the way, Thomas. He said, how am I going to do that? I don't know the way. He said, Thomas, you hear me right now. You know me. You've got a relationship with me. And I'm telling you, if you know me, I am the way. I am the way that people are searching for. Well, God, how can this be? It can be because I walked out of the grave. It can be because I came out victorious. Church, I've come to tell you tonight, if he's still there, I'm still lost. If he is still there, my faith is useless. If he's still there, he is just like Buddha, Allah, Muhammad, and Baal. If he's still there, we are doomed. We are of most men miserable. If he is still there, I am still an addict. But if I were to go to that tomb today, it would be empty. And empty never looked so good. Empty never showed me so much promise. Empty never showed me so much potential. Empty never showed me all that I could be. Let's stand all over this house tonight. Empty. Empty never looked so good. The old song says God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know He holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Just because he lives again. Just because he is no longer there in that grave. Just because he's not where he used to be. Empty. Never looked so good. There's a lot of things in life that will disappoint you. There's a lot of things in life that will leave you feeling hopeless and lost like nothing else matters. But the tomb is not one of those things. That empty tomb means everything to us. That empty tomb means that we get to live a life for God. And we get to also experience The death, burial, and resurrection. Because He did all of that, we too get to come to an altar and say, God, I've made a huge mistake. God, I need to repent of my sins. 
crucified. This is my life that I'm not proud of. God, and so I too crucified this flesh. And we too get to be buried. And we get to go into that grave. But we do not stay in that grave for we come out again. And when we come out of that grave, we too get to experience a new life. As we begin to speak with other tongues, as God fills us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Someone ought to get excited tonight over something being empty. I know it's not popular. I know it doesn't happen often. We don't get excited about empty. If we walked into this place tonight and we were the only ones here. Somebody might stick around and pray. But most of us would go home assuming that there was no church tonight. Perhaps that's what those ladies felt like when they walked to the tomb that day. Well, nobody's here. I guess I'll go home. Looks like they've moved Jesus somewhere else tonight. But what if they would have remembered the words that he said? What if they would have walked with anticipation? Today is the third day. Let's go and see. Today's the day he told us about. Let's go and check it out. Don't leave disappointed tonight. Don't leave with tears tonight. Leave knowing things are different because there is an empty tomb. You go to other gods that people have worshipped. You go to their graves. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find bones and ashes and dust. But you go to the place where they buried my Savior. You go to the place where they put the one who had nails in his hands and his feet. And a crown of thorns upon his head. A spear in his side. If you go to the place where they laid that man. You would think. After all of that he would still be there. But he's alive. He's alive in that grave. That tomb is empty. Does anybody want to come to the altar tonight. And say God I thank you. God I thank you Lord. For that empty tomb. God, I thank you, Lord, for the cross. God, I wouldn't be here without it. God, but I'm thankful you didn't just stop there. God, but while you were in that grave, God, there was a war going on. God, and you were fighting for me even then. Oh, God, you do not offer empty promises. God, you do not offer empty blessings. God, only an empty tomb that means everything to me. God, my family wouldn't be here today without it. Oh, God, don't let me go through another Easter season. God, through habit, through ritual. God, but let me remember the price that you paid. Let me remember all that you went through. God, and that that was not the end. God, I don't have to leave tonight, God. Wondering if you live. Wondering if you're still here. God, you live today. You're alive, oh God.